Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. And you know, the promisings of God are to the overcomer. And so each time that we're on, from on the first and um, third Tuesdays of each month, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, we'll be teaching on principles of the overcoming life. And basically, they really came out of God teaching me to be an overcomer, and he's still teaching me. I still am overcoming, but basically, it's... The teaching has come out of what God has taught me through my lifetime and how to overcome. But tonight I want to teach on the importance of God's word in healing. You know, the scripture says he sent his word to heal you. Um, At the end of the program, you can call in if you need special prayer at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. I'm in Lindell, Texas, and my mailing address, if you want to write me, is Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas, 75771. My email address is jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net, and that's G, like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, at sbcglobal.net. My website is jerrymcgee.com, and you can go there and find articles and I'll tell you more about that at the very end um, but but tonight I want to share uh, the message on he sent his word to heal you really the importance of God's word in healing you know most people go to the world for answers but God has all the answers you need in his word uh, let me begin by praying father I lift up this teaching to you tonight and each person who'll be listening in Father, I ask tonight that I be a tree of life, that rivers of living water come forth from my innermost being, that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you. Father, I pray for each person who's listening in. I loose on them the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, a spirit of repentance, and the truth that sets us free. Father, I pray that through this teaching, each person who listens will have uh, come away with a hunger for your word. Father, we thank you that in your word, Uh, are all the answers to all of our problems and lord you magnify your word above your very name and so lord we thank you for the precious name of jesus that name that's above every name that at the name of jesus every knee shall bow those in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord and i cover myself dorothy carruthers her family her her children her grandchildren with the blood of jesus my family with the blood of Jesus, each person who's listening in with the blood of Jesus. I send forth your angels, your mighty warring angels in Jesus' name to minister to each person who's listening in in Jesus' name. I ask tonight that people find answers to their problems. 
Father, I just bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this program, spoken over all of us in the name of Jesus, all those who listen in, all those, uh, Dorothy Carruthers, her family, me and my family, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we just send back on the enemy every curse and assignment sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. We pray for the salvation of anyone who might be cursing us in the name of Jesus. We thank you that every boulder that's rolled on us goes back and crushes the, the powers of darkness. And every net they hide, their own feet will be caught. And every pit they dig, they themselves will fall in. Father, we lift up the President of the United States and we pray for you to protect him, Lord. We ask you to cover him with the precious blood and put, uh, Lord, mighty warring angels around him, an impenetrable barrier around him. And, Lord, we just uh, ask you to cover him with the precious blood of Jesus and fill him with your wisdom. And, Lord, we ask you to stop all of the demonic attacks against him in Jesus' name. We ask you to intervene, Father. We thank you that your hand of blessing is upon him, that you're you're, um, enlarging his borders and you will keep him from evil. Thank you that no weapon formed against him or us will prosper in every tongue that accuses us in judgment. We condemn now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that name that's above every name. In Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. Anyway, tonight's message is he sent his word to heal you, the importance of um, God's word in healing. You know, the scripture says that Jesus Christ is the word of God. And when you speak the word of God, you're creating an atmosphere of Jesus. And, of course, his presence has to be here for there to be healing or deliverance. In fact, the Bible says when a demon goes out of a man, the kingdom of God comes down upon that person. Uh, Scripture says in Psalms 107, verse 20, he sent his word to heal you, to deliver you from all of your destructions. And before he says that, he says there are those who dwell in misery and change, prisoners uh, in misery and change because they had rebelled against the Most High God. And then it says that they cried out to the Lord in their distresses and he delivered them and sent his word to heal them. And he wants his word to heal you. You know, it says in James that if we're just a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, of the word we're like a man who looks in a mirror. He sees himself in the mirror through the word. But if he's just a, a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he walks off and forgets what he looks like. It's kind of look, looking in a mirror and then turning away from the mirror. And so the, so the word of God is a mirror for us to see uh, what our problems are. And, and there's an answer for every problem that you and I go through. But um, it says in Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are, are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, and my higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it sprout and grow and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so my word will not return void without accomplishing the matter for which God says he sends it. And so if you would picture your life as a spiritual garden, according to 1 Corinthians 3, 9, says you're a building, you're a house, and you're a field. The scripture also says you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In the parable of the sower, he talks about sowing the three three different types of soil. 
uh, four different types. Actually, the, the, the seed that goes beside the road, which would be a picture of uh, us speaking the word of God, and then the demons come, the birds come, and they steal the word. And then it, it speaks of soil that uh, is, the seed is sown on, on a rocky soil, and the minute the circumstances of life hits it, like the sun hits it, it withers away. And then it talks about the type of soil that um, that when the word is sown in the heart, that the worries, cares, pleasures, and desire for other things chokes out the word. And it talks about that good soil, that's that good, like good sandy loam soil, town where anything that touched the ground would grow. And so, but... So in the in the fourth type of soil, it's that good type of sandy loam type of soil where uh, that it produced fruit thirty, sixty, and a hundred fold. And you're a spiritual garden. And the scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, the scripture says that we need to receive the word of God implanted that's able to save our soul. And the word salvation not only means healing and deliverance and salvation, but it means preservation and it means to be made whole. And so when we speak negatively over our spiritual garden, which is our heart, you can liken our heart to being a spiritual garden. When we speak negative words over our life, what we're doing is we're planting seeds of defilement in our spiritual garden. And when we speak the word of God over our life and over our circumstances, if we're needing healing, and we keep saying what God's word says, then it's going to not return void. It's going to accomplish the matter for which God sends it. And, you know, it's a process in us doing that. Jesus said if you, um, you will have what you say if you don't doubt in your heart. And so you need to examine why am I doubting? Where does this come in from? Where did this come in? You know, when I first started believing the Lord for healing in an area of my life, um, I 90% believed that he wouldn't and 10% believed that he would. And so now after, goodness, let's see, after seven or eight years, nine years, after nine years of God working in my heart of me asking God, why when I say by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed, why do I doubt that? Why, what are you trying to show me, Lord? And then I deal with whatever he shows me. And now I can tell you today I 99% believe I'm healed and there's 1% doubt, but I believe by the time I teach again, it'll be absolutely gone. And so when you speak, you speak the word of God over your spiritual garden, over your life, over your circumstances, over your need for healing, over your need for restoration or deliverance or whatever, when you speak the word of God, you're speaking life. You're speaking that word implanted that's able to save your soul. You know, it says in uh, Hosea 10, that we're to sow with a view to righteousness. And so every time you speak, you're sowing life or death, uh, uh, darkness or light. You're sowing, you're sowing seeds that are going to produce uh, uh, thorns and thistles in your life, or you're sowing seeds that's going to be the good word that accomplishes the matter for which God sends it. It tells you in Proverbs that he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. And so the word of God is so important in healing because uh, I need to keep speaking and saying what God says. And if there's doubt in our hearts, which we sometimes we pray over and over for something, we never see something happen. It's because we're doubting in our heart and doubt comes from um, a conscience that's not clear. It says in first John three twenty one 
that if you, um, in First John 3.21, it says, um, this is, a, let's see, what is this? I'm sorry, hang on just a minute. I'm, I just lost my train of thought. It says, if your conscience is clear, you have confidence before God, which means faith and trust in God, and it also means freedom of speech. So if I'm saying by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed and I doubt, then that tells me there's an area of my conscience with, which is in my spiritual garden that's not clear. And so I keep looking for, for God to show me what, it, what is this? Is this a generational thing? Did my mother and father doubt? Did I doubt? Lord, show me. And so now after doing this for, many, for nine years, it's a process. Healing is a process. It's like peeling an onion. And so I see now my faith level is up to where uh, I barely doubt now. And so when I can totally believe what I say, then I'll be healed. I'll see the manifestation of healing. And, you know, Jesus died at Calvary. He said, by your stripes, by my stripes, you are healed. And so when you can say that with no doubt in your heart, listen, that's the that's the that's the faith and it's not an it's not an easy thing this trial of faith it's been the hardest thing that i've ever gone through but but i can tell you i'm learning from it and i'm getting better and better and uh you know if you don't go to god with your problems you get bitter so uh, bitterness will end up killing you a lot of times sickness is in our bodies because of bitterness and so so we need to plant we need to sow our fields our spiritual garden with seeds according to righteousness. It says so. Um, um, it says so with a view to righteousness means that I'm going to sow seeds that are going to produce righteousness, produce goodness, produce healing, and not speak negative words. And I need to listen to what comes out of my mouth because what comes out of my mouth comes from my spiritual garden, from my heart, which my heart is my spiritual garden. It tells me in Proverbs chapter 4 to watch over my heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. And so um, it also says in Matthew 15 that my, that, that my thoughts, the negative thoughts in my mind come from my heart, things that have been planted down in my heart. Because whatever you plant, you're going to get the same thing. You're going to get the same kind of fruit, whatever you plant. If you plant corn in your garden, you're going to get corn, more corn, later than you plant. And the same thing you plant, you plant one grain of corn and you get a whole, you know, I have corn in my garden. And you plant one little grain of corn, you get this big stalk of corn with hundreds of, uh, with bunches of ears of corn, with hundreds of kernels of corn. And so if you're not speaking God's word, it says in the Bible that he, that uh, he who sows, it, it says that, it, that if you don't speak right, you trouble your own soul. And so we need to speak words that are going to produce good fruit in our life, produce healing and deliverance. And Jesus, he died at Calvary, and basically the finished work of Calvary is that it's already a done deal, but we have to work out our salvation sometime with trembling. Sometimes we're healed instantly when we stand on that promise, but, but other times, it's a process. You know, I thank God for this nine years, even though it's been the hardest nine years of my life. Um, I can thank God for it because if God had healed me on the very first time I prayed, uh, I wouldn't have seen all the pride and all the arrogance in my life. I wouldn't have seen all the sin that I thought was not there. Um, 
I thank God that he's making me a humble person, uh, that there's no haughtiness or arrogance. He's taken all of that away. And had I not gone through all of this, I would have never seen it. So a lot of times when it's a long process, it's meant for, to, for the purification of your life. And, you know, I prayed, Lord, whatever it takes to make me what you want me to be, that's what I want to do. And so the scripture says that his word is spirit and life, and he watches over his word to perform it. So if I'm going to speak, if I'm speaking God's word over my spiritual garden, God's watching over that word to perform it. Um, the scripture says the leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of my God shall stand. Uh, his word rejoices our heart, uh, renews our mind, makes us wise. It says that in Psalms. John 8:32 says, if we abide in his word, we're truly his disciples, and we will know the truth, and the truth will set me free. Hosea 4 says that the people without understanding are ruined, and can I tell you, understanding is the truth that sets me free. And so I need to continually being asking God, Lord, what's the problem? What are you trying to show me? Not to be uh, sin conscious, because the Holy Spirit's going to lead me and guide me into truth. But it is to uh, find out what's wrong with me. You know, my grandson and I were talking the other day, and we were thanking God that we want to know. Uh, we want to see that any sin in our life we're not seeing just because we want to please God. Uh, in seeking healing, most believers um, uh, overlook this biblical truth that he sent his word to heal us. And they turn to the world to find some man that can fix them. And can I tell you that if you're under a curse and sickness is a curse, uh, a curse without a cause cannot light. And so if you've got sickness, most people, it doesn't register that when you've got sickness in your body or pain in your body, you're under a curse in some area of your life and you need to find the cause of that curse. Um, God has an answer for everything we go through. And the best the world can do is to patch us up and to help us hang in there. Uh, this in effect, this is ineffective as it uh, only gives us temporary relief and a superficial healing covering over a spiritual problem with a Band-Aid. That's all it is. If I go to the world for answers, I'm putting a Band-Aid on my spiritual problem. And even if I'm relieved, it's a superficial healing. It's not a real healing. Uh, moreover, worldly uh, methods uh, not only leave us with scar tissue a lot of times, but worse off with uh, medical mistakes and side effects of prescription drugs, which is the number three and four killer of people in the United States. And so, um, and you know, this might sound bizarre to you, but the other day I was, <clears throat> oh, well, I'm not even going to share it. Um, anyway, whatever you do, seek for, seek the Lord about whatever he, have, he's having, he would have you do. And I'm not telling you not to go to the world for answers. I'm not telling you that at all. That's between you and the Lord. But um, I can just tell you that it's a superficial thing. Whatever you do, you you be asking the Lord to show you the cause of the curse so that you can get from out from under the curse and look, ask God to show you the spiritual root to the problem. And, you know, a spiritual root to a problem is, is the thing that, that hinders healing. It's a barrier to healing. Proverbs 26.2 says, so a curse out of cause cannot light. So whenever I'm sick, I need to ask God, what's the cause of the curse? And the scripture says the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, and he will guide you. Proverbs 25, 2 says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. 
You see, as I search it out, my soul prospers. Where it says in Third John, Beloved, I want above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Um, that's your thought life, your psyche. Whenever you, when you're, whenever you line your, align your thought life with the word of God, your soul will prosper. And healing and, and prosperity will come as you, um, as your soul prospers. And it's sad to say, but your soul's not going to prosper too much watching Christian TV because a lot of it is era. There's a lot of stuff on there. In fact, a lot of it's just nickels, dimes, noses, and numbers and wanting you to give them to them financially. And if they really believed all of the things they say, they'd be giving out money to the congregation and to those that listen. But anyway, another thing that I've done over the years is to do word studies, uh, uh, and, and I'll explain how to do that. But to do a word study is you pull up, uh, if you can't find the body part, uh, on, you, can go, um, you can go to e, little e, dash, capital S-W-O-R-D dot com, and you can get a free Bible, um, online Bible. And you can add, pro- I mean, they, they give you a free, I think it's King James, they give you free. But you can, you can add other um, Bibles to that by, by paying a fee. But you can pull up whatever, um, or you can get, if you don't have a computer, you can get uh, Strong's Concordance, which is the King James Version, or you can get a New American Standard um, Concordance. And I used to just go down, if I pull up scriptures on heart, I would just go through and I would just check that uh, New American Standard Concordance. And now the, the print's so small, I have to do it online, but you could, by pulling up every, whatever the part of the body is, or whatever the word or the symptom, like for example, if it's pain or if it's distress or if it's uh, depression or discouragement, you can find words. Even though you might not find the the name of the disease, you can find the words, um, the symptoms. And so, I've been healed of many many things over the years. And I'll say this to teach you not to glorify myself, but in 26 years, this is how I've remained. Uh, by God's grace, healthy is because uh, if I do get something, I look for the spiritual root to it by doing a word study. And in in 26 years, I'm not taking any medication except when I had um, hadn't been to the doctor except to have cataract surgery in July and October of last year. And they did give me some medication that just you know, after the surgery, and uh, I'm not, I don't take any medication at all, but that's the only thing that I was taking for, for 26 years. And, and I attribute it to what God has done at Calvary for my life, of him sending his word to heal me, but I take his word literally, that it's his word that heals me as I align my life with the word of God. And so, for example, if I read, wherever I read in the Word of God, I make it a prayer of repentance, and the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. And I'll just use Proverbs chapter 3, um, but if it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, I would say, Lord, I haven't trusted you with my whole heart. And then the next verse, it says, lean not into his understanding. Well, if you, I don't know if you've been like me, but my whole life I've leaned on my own understanding. I don't do that now. But I was trained up that the Lord helps those that help themselves, and that's the lie. Those are the only people that he can't help. But um, but I, I repent over the word, and then it says, um, in all your ways acknowledge him. God, I haven't acknowledged you in all my ways, uh, and he'll direct your path. 
uh, it go it goes on to say, "Fear God and turn away from evil." God, I haven't done that, but I do it now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I, I mean, you know, I don't have sinus problems and I don't have allergies, but I can I can do that within ten minutes, and tears are coming out of my eyes, and water is running out of my nose, and I'm having to blow my nose with just clear water. And that's what it means to be washed with water and the Word. The Word of God cleanses. It enlightens your eyes. It makes you wise. It rejoices your heart. Um, in fact, the scripture says that whatsoever things are pure and lovely and of good report and anything that's righteous, think on these things. And so, uh, but I just take the body part, and there's probably 800 scriptures on the heart because the heart and eyes are tied together. But there's just a few scriptures. It talks about a hard heart. It talks about a haughty heart. It talks about... Um, uh, a broken heart, which can be the root to, to uh, heart problems. And when you do that, you'll see, no wonder I have problems with my heart. Um, two or three years, about three years ago, I, I always had low blood pressure my whole life. But about three years ago, my blood pressure started getting high. And it was because I was addicted to caffeine. I would push myself with caffeine. And I haven't had caffeine in three years, and my blood pressure. Last time I checked, it was 107 over 57, which is a little bit. I'd like it to be a little higher, but um, but I'm told that that's, that's normal and good. Anyway, God says that if you're that your soul will, as your soul prospers, your body will be in good health, and your um, your see. And as you do this with the Word of God, and you keep lining your life with the Word of God. Your soul's going to prosper, and your health will prosper, and so will your the prosperity of your life. And so, but we have to align our thought life with the Word of God. Ecclesiastes eleven ten, and I shared uh, on pain uh, uh, some time ago. I taught on pain, but in Ecclesiastes eleven ten, it says, "So remove grief and anger from your heart." Or remove it says remove vexation. My translation says. Remove vexation from your heart, and you can put pain out of your body. Now, vexation is uh, grief, sadness, sorrow, hurt, provocation, uh, idolatry. Uh, That's what the word vexation means. Now, you may not be feeling any pain in your body, but any time there's sin or defilement in your life, there's a vexation, whether you feel it as physical pain or not. And so if you have pain in your body or sickness in your body, it's vexation. It's really coming out of um, the vexation of heart, which is the anger, the bitterness, uh, the unforgiveness. And, you know, you may say, well, and I hear people tell me this all the time, I've already forgiven my mother and daddy. And when I say forgive your mom and dad, I'm not telling you to blame them because they had parents too, probably bad parents. I'm telling you to take accountability for your wrong responses. You see, there's been many things stored down in that spiritual garden. Many seeds have been planted through the generational iniquities of forefathers, through the sins you've committed and haven't taken to the cross, through the sins that have been committed against you. You see, any time a parent violates the word of God in training you up, you have an automatic issue of vexation. And so you might on the surface have forgiven everybody, everybody that you know about, but there's so many things down in the heart that you don't even see that have been planted over your whole lifetime. And so as you, the scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, the way you do that is to, uh, when you have a, for example, if you feel an angry, say, okay, Lord, where is that coming from? 
because anger is linked to idolatry. In fact, First Samuel fifteen twenty three says uh, all um, uh, iniquities is um, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and all iniquity is as idolatry. So things get planted down in our heart because as children we don't know we can go to God. So we what we do is we turn to a promise we make ourselves. That when you grow up, life's going to be different. Nobody's going to treat you that way. You're going to find someone that loves you, accepts you, or whatever. And we do that to cope in our pain because we don't know we can go to God. And see, if I don't go to God in my pain and I let the sun go down on my anger, I've turned to a false god, and that false god is the idolatry. You know, when I said vexation means grief, sorrow, anger, provocation, hurt, and idolatry, it's idolatry because pain or whatever my circumstance was, I let the sun go down on my anger, and wherever I do that, there's vexation of heart. Well, just think about it. How many times in your life have you let the sun go down on your anger? How many times as a kid were you hurt? Did you not forgive your parents? Can I tell you that everything that you've gone through that's been a sin or a violation of word of God has to be confessed if you want healing and if you want deliverance? And that's where it's buried down in your heart. And God just uses your pain to show you you've got a system problem that he's trying to get to something that you don't see. And, you know, if he showed you everything about your spiritual garden at one time, you couldn't take it. It would be too painful. I mean, just looking at one thing is, is enough. And so it says in Exodus 15 that God doesn't drive out the enemy in one day because we couldn't take it. And so... He uses the problem to show you what he wants to deal with next. And so if you're listening to me now and you have pain or you have sickness in your body, God has got lots of things to show you that you don't yet see. And I do too. We're all a work in progress. And the promise of God is I'm confident of this very thing, that he who's begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of the Lord Jesus. But we have to look within versus looking out there in the world for answers because you're not going to find any permanent answers out there because if you read the Deuteronomy 28 on all the curses, you'll see that you cannot be healed. If you're under a curse, you cannot be healed by the world. They'll help you hang in there, but they cannot heal you. Only God can heal you, and he promises that he did that at Calvary. Um, That's a promise, but we have to exercise the word of God we have to speak what God's word says we have to stand on God's word and then whenever there's doubt in the midst of all that standing fasting we have to deal with where did the doubt come from because if you were like me I was trained up that God probably could heal you but he wouldn't uh, if you're like me you you didn't believe you know you didn't uh, I was not trained up to believe in healing now I know uh, I know a family that that attends a a healing church and they have about six little kids and I can tell you those kids have been trained up that Jesus is the answer most of us have been trained up that the doctor is the answer can I tell you he's not the answer uh, but you know what if you don't know Jesus uh, you need a good Samaritan and and um, God wants to be the one that pours in the oil and wine and, and, uh, and again I'm not telling anybody not to go to the doctor because that's that's between you and the Lord. I personally have discovered that he, see, he heals me a lot quicker. If I start to even get a cold, I say, oh, Lord, what I do? And I start repenting. Usually it's it's running off at the mouth. And if you watch the news media and all the stuff that goes on in the news, 
you have to really watch your mouth. I mean, I'm in my thoughts, whether I'm saying something or not, I'm thinking I cannot believe these evil people. Anyway, so the times, the last few times that I've been, uh, got a cold, it had to do with uh, upper respiratory of the words that I spoke. And so uh, God says he sent his word to heal you. And so if any time I let the sun go down on my anger, I'm turning into a false god if I don't go to God. Would you agree that you either go to God or you're going to something else, and that something else is an idol? And that's why we have uh, defiled our spiritual garden. That's why what comes out of our mouth doesn't line up with the word. You know, if, just to give you an example, I, when I was a little kid, I started gaining weight when I was about, I guess, in the first or second grade. And I tell you, if I had a nickel for every time I had said I was fat, I'd be rich. And so listen to what comes out of your mouth. Pay attention to what you're thinking. Find out how that got there because it's something been buried down in your heart uh, that you've not dealt with. And it says in Jeremiah that we're to pull down, uproot, and pluck out. Um, and then it says we're to plant and rebuild. And the way we plant and rebuild is to speak the word, tear, pull down, uproot, and pluck out the negative words we've spoken, the thorns and thistles from our garden, and to plant and rebuild the word of God because his word will not return void without accomplishing the matter for which he sends it. And uh, his scripture says, receive the word implanted that's able to save your soul. Hosea says, sow with a view to righteousness and reap in accordance with kindness. And so that means pay attention to what you say so that you will not, you'll be planting things that are going to produce righteousness and mercy uh, that's going to produce a um, uh, reaping according to kindness. And, you know, you and I cannot be free or healed until we get the vexation from our hearts. Uh, many times, like I've said, that I have shared with people about uh, how uh, about healing, and they would say, well, I've already forgiven everyone. Well, I can tell you on the surface, you have. But underneath, there's many things that you don't see. Think of all the times that we've sinned in our lifetime and we didn't take that to God and ask God to forgive us. We didn't know to do it. Well, praise God you know to do it now. Um, and this is not to get into legalism or to get into being sin conscious. Um, basically, I had a precious uh, girl tell me, she said, I just walk around sin conscious thinking I, I didn't do it right. I, I can't do it right. I'm, I'm, I might be messing up. Can I tell you God loves you so much? All he wants you to do is yield to the potter. God's the potter and you're the clay. The clay does one thing, and that's yield to the potter. The clay does nothing but sit on that potter's wheel. And God, the potter, does everything else. He takes out the junk. But because in my yielding, that faith that I, when I yield to God, that purifies my soul. And the potter knows exactly what you need to deal with and not to, be stressing out, not trying to turn the potter's wheel like this precious girl was trying to turn it herself because she had been trained up to do it herself because mother and daddy didn't help her. You know, God is nothing like your mother and dad, and that's why we don't go to him. It's unconsciously, we think he's just like daddy and mother. But you'll discover, as I have discovered, uh, that your heart has many unseen and unresolved issues. And healing is a process like peeling an, an, an onion. You know, Scripture draws a clear relationship between general well-being and the health of our bones. Proverbs 
14.30 says, A tranquil or a sound heart is life to the body, but envy, which is jealousy, envy, and rivalry, rottens the bones. And, and you know, guilt, uh, through guilt, guilt can have a, per, a, per, uh, a profound effect uh, and a devastating effect on our whole body, uh, hindering our immune system's ability to fight off sickness and disease. James 5 says, if any among you are sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let him anoint him with oil and the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus will raise up and heal the sick. And then uh, usually people just stop with it right there, but it goes on to say, confess your faults to one another and pray for each other that you might be healed for the effectual, fervent, forever righteous man avails much. So when you're at believing God to heal you, if he doesn't heal you uh, the first time, go and let the elders of the church anoint you with oil. And if you're not in a church that anoints with oil, you need to find one that's teaching the word of God, anointing you with oil, ministering deliverance and inner healing to you. And confessing your faults is very important because it, when I do that, I'm humbling myself. The sexual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And and uh, this scripture I'm about to read to you is true, Proverbs 28, 13. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. So if we cover over our sin, we'll not prosper. You know, King Asa was an example of a person who sought positions instead of God. In Second Chronicles 16, verse 7 through 13, it says, Now the acts of Asa from the first to last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of, king, king, um, of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. His disease was so severe, yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but sought Positions. So Asa slept with his fathers, having died in the 44th, 41st year of his reign. And so he didn't seek the Lord. So whatever you do, you better seek the Lord first. And since a, a joyful heart, which is an undefiled heart, a joyful heart would be a heart that didn't have any junk in it. You know, of anybody that doesn't have a heart full of junk, um, I've been working on my spiritual garden for 53 years that I've been a Christian, since a joyful, undefiled heart is a good medicine, then a sad, which means defiled heart, will make you sick. And the scripture says, humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, and in due time he will exalt you, and you, and in due time you'll reap if you do not grow weary and you faint. Psalms 103, verse 2 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits, for he pardons my iniquities and heals all, all, all my diseases. He redeems my soul from the pit and he crowns my life with loving kindness and truth. Jeremiah seventeen fourteen says, Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me and I will be saved, for you are all for you are my praise. And I cannot begin to stress the importance of God's word and healing, of confessing the word, standing on God's word, believing God's word, and in the midst of all of that, finding out why you're doubting each time and just peel all of that off 
like peeling an onion, and it, it's taken me nine years, and I've almost have my faith level up to 100%. In fact, as I'm sharing this now, I'm thinking, really, I think it's probably already there because I had a revelation the other day. Certainly, I have to repent of my sins. Certainly, I have to deal with spiritual roots to things, and I've been doing this since 1987, even before I had an, uh, a problem where I needed um, healed, my eyes healed. Um But God's word is so important in healing, um, and I can't re- I can't begin to stress the importance of God's word in healing, of confessing it, standing it, obeying it, and certainly being obedient to the word of God and in, in, in aligning my life with the word of God. But you know the finished work of Calvary. He said, "By His stripes you're healed." And really, if you try to add any of your good works to that. You you just make uh, the word of God of no effect, and you really fall from grace. Uh, and the only reason we fall from grace is because we're trying to do it ourselves. It's there's no grace in trying to turn the potter's wheel, but there's grace when I put myself on the potter's wheel. Uh, and here are some just a few things that the word of God does in our life. And this was really taken from Psalms and Proverbs. I could have gone all through the Word and pulled out more scriptures of the benefits of God's Word. But this is just from Psalms and Proverbs. You'll be kept from the the path of the destroyer. Psalm 17, 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept from me, I have kept from the path of the destroyer. His word is your protection. Uh, Psalms 1830 says As for God his way is perfect The word of the Lord is tried He's a shield to all those Who take refuge in him or all those who Trust in him Psalms 33 4 says For the word of the Lord is right And all his words Are done in truth His word creates You know God created the world The world in seven days By just by the, the breath Of his mouth Psalm 33, 6, and we can create in our circumstances by speaking God's word. Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So, you know, when you and I speak, we can speak the breath of God by saying his word, or we can speak the breath of Leviathan or the breath of uh, the devil by saying uh, his words. You know, Jesus is the high priest of my confession. And so when I confess God's word, he, he, his angels watch over his word to perform it. But if I confess anything contrary to the word of God, the demons watch over that and, and perform it. <clears throat> he delivers me from fear. The, the scripture says that, that perfect love casts out fear. The scripture says, that, I mean, basically fear is faith in what the devil tells you. But he delivers me from fear because I'm listening to what his word says. Psalms 56, 4. In God will I praise his, his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. And then uh, those who publish the word will be great for those who are publisher, but we don't have to be a, a book publisher. We can publish it by just speaking it, proclaiming it. Psalm 68, 11. The Lord gave his word, gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. 
the holy angels work according to the word. Um, Psalms 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who watches over his word to perform it. God will remember his covenant promises to you. Psalms 105, verse 8. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to the thousand generations. And then Psalms 107, he sent his word to heal you. By taking heed to the word of God, you are cleansed. Psalms 119.9 says, how can a young man uh, cleanse his way? By taking heed according to his word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119.11, we're quickened by his word. Psalms 119.25 says, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. And we're strengthened by his word. Psalms 119.28 says, my soul melteth for the heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. And we're saved by his word. Uh, James says, receive the word implanted that's able to save your soul. Psalms 119.41 says, let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. His word is an answer for those who reproach me. Psalms 119.42. So shall I have it wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. His word is truth. And the scripture said, Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the word. Psalms 119.43 says, And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. You see, that's faith when I hope in his word. His word gives me hope. Psalms 119.49, Remember thy word to thy servant. Upon which thou in my affliction uh, His word comforts me and quickens me I can't tell you how many times in my life If I was been distressed Or uh, a few times Maybe five times in my life I couldn't sleep There was no more than that I thank God for sweet sleep But um, how his word would The few times that I've experienced that During trying to sleep I would get up and get before God, and it would immediately leave when I would let go of it. You know where it says, wait on the Lord? It means let it all go. Just let it all go. Do the Abraham Isaac thing. Take it up the mountain like Abraham did and put a knife to it. Just let things go. If you give up your life, you lose it. You hold on to your life, you find it. In my afflictions, the Lord comforts me and quickens me. Psalms 119.50 says this is my comfort and my affliction for thy word hath quickened me you know there's times in my life that um, I had a son that lived a homosexual lifestyle and I prayed for him for 20 years that God would save him and I'd go through God's word and I would look for promises I could hold on to and this one here had it not been for God's word this is in Psalms 119 had it not been for God's word I would have perished in my affliction But God's word comforts me, encourages me, strengthens me, gives me hope. (sighs) Thy word quickens me. He shows mercy to me according to his word. 
Psalms 119.58, I have I have entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to thy word. And he deals with us according to his word. Psalms 119.65, thou hast dealt with me, thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. God uses our afflictions to bring us into obedience. Psalms 119.67 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good that I was afflicted because now I keep his word. And this was my son when he was on his deathbed, really, just before he died of AIDS, uh, three days past his 25th birthday, um, August 28th, um, um, 1989. um, Someone asked him what his favorite scripture was, and I, I had scriptures all over the wall signs where I'd write scriptures all over his bedroom wall and he pointed to this one before I was afflicted I went astray but now I keep his word and praise God that son's in heaven today Um, and when my when my soul faints uh, waiting for his deliverance I can hope in his word Psalms 119.81 my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. His word is fixed. In fact, it's forever settled in heaven. Psalms 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is in heaven. His word lights my path. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And when you know when you say on God's word, you're not going to stumble you're going to walk the highway of holiness where the scripture says there's no lie, no fool, no unclean can walk there. <clears throat> and that's a safe place to be in these days when we've been threat, have had threats of ISIS and threats of uh, terrorism and all that. I can tell you I don't have one fear about any of that because the angel of the Lord guards and rescues you if you reverence him. It says in Psalm 6, I'm sorry, Proverbs 16, 8, If a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so uh, his word also upholds me. Psalms 119, 116 says, Behold, uphold me according to thy word that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. His word orders my steps. Psalms 119, 123 Order my steps in thy word, and let me let not any iniquity have any dominion over me. His word is pure. Psalms one nineteen one forty. Thy word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loves it. Do you love God's word? If you don't ask Him to give you a love for the word, um, I can rejoice over the word uh, more than great. Spoil or more than great treasure Psalms 119, 162 I rejoice at thy word As as one That finds great Spoil which means as one who finds Great treasure You know doing word studies is like a, Being on a treasure hunt His word gives me understanding Psalms 119, 169 Let my cry Come near Before thee O Lord Give me understanding according to thy word. Because, you see, understanding is the truth that sets me free. 
John 8:32 Jesus said if you abide in my word you're truly my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth sets you free and I really believe that only disciples get to heaven I don't believe just praying a prayer uh, and having a head knowledge of God is enough to get you to heaven I believe that you have to have a heart transformation you have to be born again and when you're born again let me tell you something God's exciting his word delivers me Psalms 119, 170 says, Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. His commandments are righteous. Uh, They're trustworthy. Psalms 119, 172 says, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. His word gives me hope. Psalms 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. In his word do I hope. Uh, He magnifies his name above his word. Because he is the word. You know, his name is his name, but he is the word. So he magnifies his name, I mean, his word above his name. Psalms 132.8 says, I will worship toward thy temple and praise your name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And his word runs swiftly. Psalms 1, sometimes it don't seem like it's going very swift. If you're believing the Lord for a, a particular thing. I've been believing the Lord to heal my eyes since uh, 2008. And otherwise, praise God. Uh, for good health. Psalms 147 verse 15 says, He sendeth he sendeth forth his commandments upon the earth. His word runs very swiftly. His word can melt ice, can cause the wind to blow and the waters to flow. Psalms 147 verse 18. He sends out his word and melts them. He causes the wind to blow and the waters to flow. He fulfills his word, Psalms 148, verse 8. Fire and hail and snow and vapors, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. His word removes heaviness. You know, you can have a heavy heart because you've been listening to the wrong voice. You hear the voice of God through his word. It encourages you. Psalms, um, I'm sorry, Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. And I can tell you this is one of the roots to heart problems is a heavy heart. So if you did a word study on heart, you would come and see heaviness of heart. Lord, where where do I have heaviness of heart? Which would be a vexation of the heart. Would be an unresolved issue. Maybe something happened to you in your childhood. Or maybe you went through a divorce and it broke your heart. I mean, I know that. I have went through a divorce and... and, and uh, had I had a choice between someone blowing my brains out and divorcing me, I would have said, divorce me. I mean, I would have said, kill me because um, I don't want to live in this world as a divorcee. Well, and then I said, well, God, if you're not going to kill me, kill him because I don't want to be a divorcee. Well, he's still alive and he's my friend. And I look back and I say, you know, had I not gone through all of that, it wouldn't have, I, I, I wouldn't have, I would still have a lot of the self-righteousness that was in my life. 
Plus, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, which has been serving God has been the delight of my life. Proverbs 12:25. Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. You know, regarding disciples, it says in in Psalms, and I don't know exactly. I think it's 54, but I'm not sure. But it says that, that God will give you the tongue of a disciple that you might sustain the weary one with a word, with the word of God. And there's a reward in obeying the word. <clears throat> in fact, God's promises are based on your obedience to the word. And when you are really a believer and you disobey God's word, you're going to get a, get disciplined. Proverbs 13:13 13, 13 says, "Whosoever despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded." And so, you know, we have a choice to as to how to deal with our spiritual garden, which is our heart is ask God to um, to show you everything that when you go through a trial, ask God to show you what is he, and then go to God and deal with it his way by confessing your sin. And then keep on working on the safe level so that you can have what you say if you don't doubt in your heart. Keep working on the doubt. Keep confessing God's word over your spiritual garden and over your garden and over the gardens of your husband or your wife or your children or the people that you love speak god's word over them and and you'll be planning things you'll be sowing uh in accordance with righteousness so that you might uh, obtain mercy and so that you might um sow with the view to righteousness that you might receive mercy and kindness from the lord and so we have a choice as to what we're going to sow because what we sow we're going to reap good or bad, evil or good. And so um, what I want to do is I want to pray for you, and I want to, if, you'll, if you're listening in at home or you're listening, if you'll pray along with me, I'll lead you in repentance, and then we'll do deliverance. And then I'll tell you a little bit about the ministry, and then if you need prayer, you can call in um, to 646-595-4786. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, pray with me, those of you who are listening in who can agree with me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for not loving your word. Forgive me for not speaking your word. God, forgive me for going to the world for answers. Lord, forgive me for uh, wanting a quick fix. Forgive me for not looking for the cause of the curse in my life. Um, Forgive me for not standing on your word, confessing your word. Forgive me for not guarding my mouth and I've troubled my soul. Thank you that you sent your word to heal me. Thank you that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and your ways are higher than my ways. Thank you, Lord, that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts higher than my thoughts. Thank you, Lord, that your word will not return a void without accomplishing the matter for which you sent it. Thank you that your word is spirit and life and you watch over your word to perform it. Thank you, Lord, that the leaf withers, the power fades, but the word of my God shall stand forever. Thank you that your word rejoices my heart, renews my mind, makes me wise. Lord, forgive me for not abiding in your word so that I can know the truth and the truth will set me free. Thank you for the truth that I've received tonight, Lord. I pray you seal it to my heart. Thank you that you have an answer. Uh, forgive me for for not listening to what 
comes out of my mouth that doesn't line up with your word or my thought life. Forgive me for not reading your word. Uh, forgive me for not looking for answers in your word. Forgive me for looking to worldly methods more than I've looked to you. <clears throat> forgive me for not seeking you first and your kingdom and your righteousness so that all these things will be added unto me. Forgive me for not searching a matter out. Forgive me for not working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Forgive me for not doing word studies over the word. Forgive me for not having a prospering soul. Forgive me for having uh, vexation in my heart, grief, anger, provocation, hurt. Forgive me for idolatry. I want to remove it from my heart, Lord. Forgive me for not going to you. Lord, forgive me that in my pain I didn't go to you. I turned to something else which was a false god. Forgive me for not having a teachable heart. Forgive me for holding unforgiveness, bitterness, and anger in my heart. Forgive me for thinking that I've already done it all and I don't know what else to do. Forgive me for not asking you, Lord. Forgive me for not having a tranquil, peaceful, sound heart so that it would be uh, life to my body. Forgive me for jealousy, envy, rivalry that's rottened my bones. Lord, forgive me for not taking my guilt to the cross and confessing my sin because it's affected my immune system. Uh, For having the ability to fight sickness and disease. Forgive me for fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness, despair, hopelessness. Forgive me for not um, calling for the elders of the church to anoint me with oil and confessing my faults to others so that I can be healed. Forgive me for covering over my sin, which is and not forsaking it. Lord, I confess and forsake it now. Forgive me for being just like King Asa, going to the world without seeking you. Forgive me for having a defiled heart, which has been a... a if a joyful heart's a good medicine, Lord, forgive me for having a, a defiled heart, which has made me sick. Show me all the the defilement that's down in my spiritual garden, Lord. Forgive me for wanting to give up and quit. You said in due time I'll reap if I do not grow weary and faint. Forgive me for not confessing your word. Forgive me for negativity and bitterness and ungratefulness. Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved, for you're the God of my praise. Thank you that your word keeps me from the path of the destroyer. Thank you that your word is my protection. Thank you that your word creates whatever I say. Thank you, Lord, that you deliver me from fear. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Forgive me for not publishing your word. Forgive me for not... uh, Speaking your word so that the angels could watch over your word. 
to perform it. Thank you that you remember your covenant to me, that you sent your word to heal me. Forgive me for not taking heed to your word so that I'll be cleansed. Thank you that you quicken me according to your word. You strengthen me by your word. You save me with your word. Lord, I want to receive the word implanted that's able to save my soul. Lord, your word is an answer for all my problems, for those who reproach me and shame me. Your word is true. Thank you, Lord, that, that your word is uh, gives me hope. Thank you that in my affliction your word comforts me. Thank you you show mercy to me according to your word. Thank you that you have dealt with me according to your word. Thank you that you have an answer. But in my affliction, uh, before before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good that I was afflicted because now I keep your word. Lord, when my soul is fainting, I thank you that I can hope in your word. Your word is fixed. It's unchangeable. It's immutable and irreversible. Thank you that your word, light, is a lamp unto my feet and a light up unto my path that you uphold me with your word. Thank you that your word orders my steps. Thank you that your word is pure. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you, that I can rejoice over your word more than great treasure. Thank you that your word gives me understanding, which is the truth that sets me free. Your word delivers me. Thank you, Lord, that your commandments are righteous. Your word gives me hope. Uh, Lord, you magnify your word over your name because you are the word. Lord, your word runs swiftly. Your word can melt ice and cause the wind to blow and waters to flow and ice to melt. You fulfill your word. Your word removes heaviness from my life and depression. God, forgive me for not taking a heavy heart to you. And if you had parents that you couldn't take your heavy heart to, forgive your parents. You see, we think God's just like our parents, but he's nothing like our parents. He's perfect. Lord, forgive me for not obeying your word so that I could have be rewarded. Lord, I choose today to be a person of your word. I choose today to receive the word implanted that's able to save my soul. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to have an intimate relationship with you. I want your word to speak to my heart. I ask you that every time I read your word, I'll receive revelation knowledge. In Jesus' name. Now I command every demonic spirit that would hinder them from the word of God. Let me say this, too, before I do the deliverance. Is if you have a hard time listening to God's word, you have a hard time. You had a hard time listening to your father, your mother's word. When I first started teaching seminars in 1990, I had a precious friend come and say, you know, Jerry, she said, I just don't like to listen to God's word. And I said, did you have a problem with your daddy's word? And she said, oh, I couldn't stand my daddy's word. She said, every time he would say something to me, I would go, ah, inside. And so I led her in repentance, and about three months later, she came and she said, you remember when you prayed that for me? She said, I'm in the word constantly now. This woman is in the word of God. She loves the word of God now. But that came in through hating her daddy's word. And I remember another girl who the word of God scared her so bad because she grew up in a satanic family with a satanic dad. And the minute he would hit the, 
they lived in, they came, they were from Australia or someplace. But the minute he would come home and hit the come through the screen door, he started abusing and hitting and violence and she was so afraid of God's word that she trembled when she heard God's word. Now that's a demonic fear of God, a demonic fear of his word. And when she forgave her father, then that caused her to want to listen to God's word. See, God's nothing like your mom and dad. So in the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit, every obstacle to listening to the word of God. If they didn't like their daddy's words, Lord, forgive them for their wrong responses of letting the sun go down on their anger. If their daddy never said anything sensible to them, they forgive their daddy for not ever uh, teaching them or guiding them or directing them through the word of God, through not training them up in the way they should go. Lord, I forgive my dad that I was afraid of his word. I was afraid of him. Um, I forgive him that I felt like he was stupid. He didn't know what he was doing. And, Lord, I renounce the lie um, that you're stupid, that you're just like my daddy. And in the name of Jesus, we come against every lying spirit, all unbelief and doubt. We come against every blockage to the word of God, every obstacle that we come to the word of God. We come against all spirits of blindness, macular degeneration, cataracts, glaucoma, who would block them from reading the word of God. We command these spirits to leave every person that's listening in and uh, every person. We break your power over every life. We command pain to leave every person's body in the name of Jesus. All unbelief and doubt, all worry, bitterness, anger, hostility, malice, unforgiveness of self, unforgiveness of mother, daddy, other people. I command the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of torment to go. The spirit of legalism that would cause the word of God to frighten them. I break the power of that. I break the power of every spirit that would cause them to run to the world. All spirits of fear that would cause them to run to the world. Fear of dying, fear of death, fear of being killed. I command you to leave them now. In the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I just, just if you're listening, take a deep breath, blow out in Jesus' name. The word spirit means breath or pneuma in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit that came in through the sins that have been confessed to leave now. Break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. We break soul ties with mom and dad and forefathers who did not read the word. In Jesus' name, every spirit that would not confess Jesus Christ as Lord has to go. In Jesus' name, all spirits in Jesus' name that would uh, blind our minds, you have to go now in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. And, Lord, I speak healing over every life. I ask you, pray with me. I ask you, Lord, to fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Jesus' name. Well, I want to share a little bit about um, the ministry. And so if you um, if you want prayer, you can call this number, um, 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. But Abiding Life was founded in 1978 by my late husband, Bob McGee. Uh, he was the East Area Director for Young Life for years in Dallas. Anyway, he started uh, Abiding Life Ministries. Uh, I've been saved since 1963. Um, And I've been in deliverance and inner healing 35 years because it really works. And, of course, you can't get delivered without repentance. That's key. Uh, You know, deliverance in a nutshell is James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he has to flee. 
But I've written some books on my website. You can go to jerrymcgee.com. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's lots of free teaching that you can listen and listen to, a lot of CDs with deliverance prayers. You can actually get deliverance if you just go onto that website and listen to those CDs. You can actually get deliverance. The other day I had a precious lady call me, and there was just a lot of stuff she needed to deal with. So I just asked her to go through um, listen on the website and she got so much deliverance and so did her little boy and um, by just praying the prayers you can get deliverance but there's some free articles a lot of free things you print out a lot of free cds you can listen to um, i will just uh, bring some of the books to to your mind that i've written one called clearing the land preparing for deliverance this little repentance book um, I think it's $5 plus shipping. If if I ship within the United States, it's a lot cheaper. But if you uh, ship internationally, the, the shipping is a lot more. So I don't know how much that is. So you'd have to just write or email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. But uh, in that little repentance book, you can actually, people sometimes use this in Bible studies or teachings on deliverance. But there's, it lists all the generational curses in there. It lists um, um, uh, the different curses you can repent of where there's prayers to pray. I, I've actually t- had people tell me that they get deliverance uh, just by going through the book. And so I encourage you, you can go online to jerrymcgee.com and, or you can also go to abiding, A-B-I-D-I-N-G, life, like abiding in the vine, like AbidingLifeMinistries.org, and um, you know you can see what I've written. There's also a book called Resetting Life's Negative Leaping Patterns, and basically all of us have things to reap, uh, good things and bad things, and it tells you how to reset the negative reaping patterns of your life. Another little book that I've wrote written is on grief, overcoming sorrow with joy. And that basically um, is scriptures that God has given me and basically uh, telling you my life pilgrimage of the, of the grief that I've gone through. But God wants to turn your sorrow into joy. I've written a lot of little bitty books, but you can go online to read them. Another one, Drunkenness, um, Is It a Blessing or Curse? You know, there's so many um, meetings out there now, especially in America, where they say that drunkenness is revival. Actually, it's a judgment on spiritual adultery but i've little written a little book on drunkenness is it a blessing or curse and it's not been real popular because basically this drunkenness thing is rampant in churches here in america i don't know about other places but it's really a curse uh, on the spiritual adultery and harlotry and in that book i've i've listed all the scriptures on sober alert drunk drunken um alert um, anyway, and there's not one scripture that says that we're supposed to be drunk. In fact, it says we're to be sober for the purpose of prayer. In uh, Galatians 5.19, it says drunkenness is one of the judgments that if we practice, we'll not even inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, the scripture that's used to validate this drunkenness movement is, is the only one they use is the one when the, they thought the disciples were drunk and Peter stood up and said, no, these men are not drunk. Uh, but they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot of stuff out there that's the unholy spirit. If you're not listening to 
people teach you to deal with your sin, if you're not teaching that uh, without holiness, no man's going to see the Lord, if they're not teaching the word of God, then you need to find a place where you can be fed the word of God. And God will show you because he has ordered your steps and he doesn't want you sitting under a shepherd that is a spiritual adulterer because the scripture says in Luke uh, chapter, I believe it's 648, I'm not sure. It says, after a man is, Jesus said, after a man is fully trained, he becomes like his teacher. So make sure your teacher is being taught by Jesus, the teacher. Um, a little, I've written a little book on self-deliverance, which is, it. Um, shows you how to do self-deliverance and basically 99 and 9% of the deliverance that I've had in 53 years is just repenting over the word because as you repent over the word you're going to get delivered you you can't miss if you truly have a repentant heart and so um, also uh, a little book he sent his word to heal you um, another on um, having pure thoughts how to take your thoughts captive. But anyway, you can just go online and um, just see the articles and the books that I have, and you can order those uh, through PayPal. And um, I appreciate all of you all of you who've helped support the ministry, and I thank you very much for your gifts, even if it's a dollar or whatever. Uh, we're just very grateful. Uh, I don't take a salary, but I... It costs money to run an office and have a secretary and pay the light bill and all that. So anyway, bless you. You can also send a gift through PayPal. Also, the lady that sponsors this program um, on Dorothy Dorothy Carruthers, you can send her a gift by going to D, like for Dorothy, Churchy with a Y, C-H-U-R-C-H-Y, number one at hotmail.com. You can also send her a gift because, She has other teachers on the program, and um, anyway, I'm very grateful that she allows me to come on. So thank you so much, and uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he make his face shine upon you and give you even more peace. And, oh, I forgot to mention, I'll be in Hot Springs, Arkansas for a deliverance camp, and it's probably the best place I know of to get deliverance, and I'll be there um, uh, June 30th through um, July the 4th for the thing, for the youth camp. Um, and also I'll be at uh, Duncan, in Duncanville. I do a monthly seminar in Duncanville, Texas. Duncanville borders Dallas, and that'll be on July the 8th. It's the second Saturday of each month, and it's free to come, and you can get personal ministry there. I'll be in York, Pennsylvania, September the 28th through the 30th of September. I'll be in Corpus Christi sometime in September uh, 2017, but it's not been um, set yet. I'll be in uh, Dusan, that's D like dog, U-S-O-N, Louisiana, which is outside of Lafayette, Louisiana, July the 28th through 30th. And if you'll just sign up for my email or, or email me, I'll put you on the email and send you out flyers when I'm going to be on the radio I'm also on Omega Man Radio twice a month. And so I just appreciate you listening in, and I hope to see you and meet you. And if you'd like a a seminar scheduled in your area, you can contact me, email me, and just email me anyway. If you've been blessed uh, by the teaching, then just email me and 
and tell me what the Lord's done. And so thank you so much, and God bless you. Till next time. <laughs>